course, we know that this is Jesus talking to Nicodemus. My mama is saying, slow down, so I will. Praise the Lord. But this is, this is Jesus talking to Nic- Nicodemus in the middle of the night because uh, Nicodemus was a high, high official in the Pharisee group. And he was wondering, what, what is this all about? What is Jesus all about? And he learned a whole lot, praise the Lord. But this is the story of not, this is not the story of Nicodemus and Jesus today. Let's turn to Acts 8. Let's turn to Acts 8, verse number 25, 26, I believe. Verse 26. It said, The angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south, unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is the desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority, under Candace the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship. He was returning and sitting in his chariot, and was reading Isaiah, or Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to the chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him, Read the prophet of Isaiah and said, Understandest, understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I, except some men should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb dumb before his shearer, so he openeth not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare the genera- his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this? Of himself? Question mark. Or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture. He didn't have to go to another scripture. He started at that very scripture. Praise the Lord. And preached unto him Jesus. And as they went their way, they came unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, See here is water. What doth doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Now a lot of people are saying, Oh, the eunuch saved. Yep, there, there it is. Philip, Philip can transform right back to Jerusalem, wherever he came from, because eunuch saved now. But he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And then when they were caught, come out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, and the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. Praise the Lord. Found a few interesting facts about this eunuch that I'm going to read to you today. Anybody remember the king named Solomon? So um, the king named Solomon had a lot of, um, let's just say, a lot of wives. 
Praise the Lord. But one particular um, interest that he had was called the Queen of Sheba. And this particular Queen of Sheba, and they believe, came from the region of Ethiopia. And the, actually, the Ethiopia today and the Ethiopia then was not the same at all. It was actually a place called Nubia, which is right south of, of, south of Egypt uh, in today's world. Praise the Lord. But when, when they, um, King Solomon had uh, interest and, uh, and Queen of Sheba came and everything, and then they sent her back with all these riches and all these things, they do believe that they sent her back with her own children fathered by King Solomon. So it was interesting of uh, what piqued my interest of this is why was the eunuch worshiping at Jerusalem? Why, why did he have the right to? Because it's unless he went through all the things, but why did he even have an interest to come to Jerusalem and worship at the temple? But this, this is believed that the eunuchs and high officials of all the people coming down through Ethiopia, coming down through Nubia, was the sons and the daughters and descendants of those people in a king of Solomon. Take it or leave it. You can do your own research, but that is pretty cool to me. Because it was a part of the family, just like the um, descendants of Esau. They had the right to come and worship at the temple. They didn't have right to be a part of the Levites or anything like that, but they had a right to come because they were a part of the family of Israel. And same as this, they were a part of the family. And before it went to the Gentiles, and before it went to Cornelius, which is claimed to be the first Gentile to receive the Holy Ghost, we see that the eunuch received the gift of the Holy Ghost. And that is why we, that's what the research looks like, because he was a part of the Jewish family. Praise the Lord. Let's go, let's go into why he was questioning this passage of Scripture in Isaiah. Let's go to Isaiah 53. And let's take a deeper look at what we're talking about here. Praise the Lord. I have a, a little note in my Bible on Psalms 53, and starting at verse 3, just says just a little bit, it says what a pastor has to go through. I don't even know what message. Probably Brother Moats taught it and preached it, but I just have a little boom. But Psalms 53, Isaiah, praise the Lord, Isaiah 53 Psalms 53 is talking about a whole different subject. Praise the Lord. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 3. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of great sorrows and acquainted with grief. We hid it as it were our faces from him, and, we and he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisements of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. 
All we like sheep have gone astray, and we have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid upon the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, and yet he openeth not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before his shearers is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. He is taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off of the land, the living, for the transgressions of my people was he stricken. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We see that Isaiah is directly for referring to Jesus in this prophecy. We see in later days in the New Testament where Jesus followed this exact plan all the way down to be able to not even have his own grave, to be able to be sharing the grave with the transgressors. Praise the Lord. But we see why, why was the eunuch questioning and he, he had been to the temple. And I, I can just imagine on his road home why he was reading the book of Isaiah. And it's also, I, I'm going to go back into the eunuch because I've kind of forgot about this part and it's really cool. So, the top officials in the king of Nubia, correct, with Candace the queen, which Candace is not a name, it's a title. It's the mother of the king. So the mother of the king is actually who ruled the nation of Ethiopia, which is a very interesting dynamic. I, I wonder what we would see today. Praise the Lord. Helicopter parents, for sure. But... But the, all the servants and all the people that were working in the kingdom and in, in the castle or whatever their palace, they were all the men were castrated to prevent whatever goes on in a castle, right? Right? To prevent assassinations. So this eunuch was most likely castrated. So when he goes to the temple, the temple guards, this may have been his first time, and like, I'm a Jew, I'm a part of the Jewish family, I want to go to the, uh, Jerusalem to worship. So he does all the rituals, he does everything that he needs to get into the temple, and as soon as the temple guards see him, you're castrated, you're not a part, something's wrong with you. Because, as we know, when those parts are missing, you don't grow and develop all the way. You're more feminine. A man is more feminine and, and the other way around. So as soon as they saw him, he says, you're different. You're not, you're not, you can't come in because this, this thing that happened to you a long time ago. So this man was defeated. When he was traveling back to Ethiopia, he was saying, what am I going to do? I love my God. I love, I love what I've been taught, what I've been teached, taught, taught to, and of what I've learned. But what am I going to do and how am I going to worship? 
And he was reading the book of Isaiah. And when Philip came and started preaching Jesus, he said, that's the way. That's the way I'm a part of the kingdom. It doesn't matter what I look like and what has happened to me in my past. When I repent and I, and I am, have remission of all my sins, and I'm sure Philip was explaining this of Acts 2.38 because it already happened. He's, he's pre- Philip is preaching the gospel. He's seeing people get healed. He's seeing people in Samaria get the Holy Ghost and being filled with the Holy Spirit and being baptized in Jesus' name. And he knows that this can happen to him as well. He knows, Philip knows that this can happen to the eunuch as well. Praise the Lord. So the eunuch is all asking all these questions, and Philip said, here we go. It's kind of like when you go to a grocery store and you're visiting with somebody and they ask a little bit of a question and said, here we go. Because you know that a ministry point is happening right there. You know that you can minister to them. And God is dropping the words. And it says in Acts where God, and Philip is saying, what shall I say to this man? What, I do, what do I need to say to this man? And God is just like, Here's what you got to say. You must be baptized in the water. You must be submerged in, in everything. And that's when you receive the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. Going back to the Old Testament, when I was studying this message, I, was, I went to Isaiah, and I don't, I don't know exactly. There was a combination of things that kind of happened. But I was thinking about the representation of the, the temple, the old, uh, the old tabernacle of of Israel and we we know and several weeks ago brother Adam preached a message explaining a lot of that stuff talking about the altar and the brazen laver and the candlesticks and all the way into the holy of holies but I was thinking as a representation of our way of salvation today repentance and remission of our sins, just as I talked about last week, is the altar. We know that Christ died for us, but when we come, when we come to repentance, it's kind of bloody. Can you get that water, Brother Justin? It's kind of bloody. This is food safe. But when we come to repentance, and we come to look at ourselves face to face in the mirror and see all the sins and all the mess ups that we have done, and then we get preached the gospel of Jesus and we understand that Jesus died for us. That He shed His blood on the cross. That He took the crown of thorns upon His head for our flesh. For the curse of flesh that we committed. And as I see the blood on my hands, it's open heart surgery. That's what repentance is, wouldn't you say? God is changing your heart. He's saying you messed up. You did all this stuff. 
but I'm going to forgive you. I'm covering you with the blood. But when we repent and we don't get baptized, we're just walking around with blood on our hands. Watching it, Brother Motes. We're just walking around with our own blood and Jesus' blood all over us. But when we start and follow the plan of salvation and we dip ourselves, all of ourselves, into the water, that's when we can see full deliverance. And that's when the Holy Ghost can climb into us and flood through us. That's why we see so many times when we are baptized right after we come out of the water, we start speaking in tongues. Because we have repentance. You did all this stuff. I'm going to turn away. Just like I was talking about, about this way. I'm going toward hell. I'm going toward everything. I repent. I'm going this way. There's blood on me. I'm going to have to be submerged. And then I'm clean and the Holy Spirit can fill me. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. One last thing before Brother Justin follows me up. We must follow God's plan for baptism. We can't do it our own way. Water baptism is never portrayed as an option in the Scripture. It is anticipated in the Old Testament by three events that serve of this type of New Testament practice. First is the water of Noah's flood. Second is the God's command of circumcision. A circumcision. And the, uh, the tense of the Greek text here indicates that the circumcision of Christ occurs at the moment of our burial with Him in baptism. That's what also it's representing. We sacrifice, we die to our sins, and when we're buried, we're put in the grave just like Jesus was. We're put in the grave, a grave of the water, just like Jesus was. And when we, He arose, we just rise out right with Him. Praise the Lord. The third is Israel experiences at the Red Sea. Israel's baptism unto Moses is seen as an analogy of Christian baptism. The New Testament points of the necessity of water baptism. First, it is commanded of Christ in Matthew 28 and 19 and in Mark 16, 16. Second, baptism is linked to repentance, just as I was saying, and the remission of sins. We understand that with John the Baptist. Just as I was talking about last week, that was for the remission of sins. And when Jesus was coming along, he just picked right up on that and said, yep, you got that right, you got that right, I'm going to do a whole lot more. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Third is the baptism. Is, it, baptism identifies us with Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection. Praise the Lord. Why don't we stand as Brother Justin comes, finishes the lesson out. Praise the Lord. I hope I did it justice. I want to see God's work. I want to see God's word move in our lives. I want to see supernatural things be done in the name of Jesus.
Praise the Lord. Amen. Just, just love the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, we give you praise and glory today. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You may be seated today. Praise the Lord. Amen. Jumping backwards just a little bit on what Brother Jace was saying, but the title of our lesson was Born of Water. And that's exactly what Brother Jace is saying there is we have to go and we have to be born again of that water. Some interesting things in the lesson that, that just jumped out at me is, is it's interesting how, how he's put that things jump, jump out at us sometimes. Is he was talking about Philip in his ministry in Acts 8. Philip was preaching to the church there and ministering to them. You find all the church in Acts 8 were baptized and believed. But that was where it stopped for them until the disciples came later. And then they received the gift of the Holy Ghost. There's so many people today feel like baptism and belief is enough. But it's just a start, as you were saying. It's an essential part. We can't forego or leave that part out of the equation. But baptism and belief in and of itself is not enough. We must be filled with his spirit. We have to be filled with that gift of the Holy Ghost. With evidence. How do you know you got it without the evidence? Uh, you, you don't. Uh, but when you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, you will speak in an unknown language. Amen. Amen. A lot of people will make fun of that today. Y'all have heard the, the thought processes, or oh, I'm scared of that, or I don't understand that. That's okay. We, we, we can work with don't understand. We can even work with you're scared of it. We can make you comfortable with that. Amen. But it doesn't change the fact. Uh, it has to be, it has to happen. This is God's plan, not mine or Brother Jason's plan. But this is the plan of the Lord, and we must follow after his plan amen amen i want to follow after the will of the lord amen i want to make sure that my ticket is marked and i've done everything that i i'm supposed to do i want to exercise my faith in obedience today amen baptism is the same way there's a lot of different ways and you hear a lot of people talking about baptism in different ways and as we look at the scripture acts 238 says to be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. It's not something foreign to some of you in here today, but it, it's plainly stating that this is how you do it. Uh, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Acts 8 and 16 says, baptizing, uh, uh, let me find it. After Philip preached in Samaria, those who believed were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, Acts 8, 16. Peter commanded those who had been baptized with the Holy Spirit at Cornelius' house to be baptized in the name of the Lord, Acts 10 and 48. Amen. There's a certain way we must be baptized. It's, it states it over and over and over again in Scripture we must be baptized in the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. 
Since water baptism identifies us with Jesus in his death, burial, and resurrection, it should be no surprise it is to be done so in his name. Amen. What then are we to make of Matthew 28, 19, which records those words, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Does this mean this scripture is not real scripture? No, it doesn't mean that. Amen. Amen. This is the divine word of God. It is the scripture. It does say those words. Amen. But we have to go back and figure out what is it actually saying to me? And we know that the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost are not the name. They're only titles. The name is Jesus. So go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name, which is Jesus. The name of the Father is Jesus and of the Son. That's Jesus and of the Holy Ghost. Still Jesus. We must be baptized in his name. Amen. Amen. It's not optional. It's not up for private interpretation. Amen. Straightforward right down the middle. This is essential to your salvation. You must be baptized in the name. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. I see a lot of people today, and maybe you found yourself here today, uh, as I'll be at work, or we, we're talking about salvation. So many people want to argue this point. It's not arguing. I don't want to argue. Amen. I, I don't think we should argue the Bible. We should discuss it, look at it, think about it, let's talk about it. But it's really not much argument here. Amen. Baptizing in the name. Praise the Lord. Jesus said, except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born again, John 3, 5 through 7. Nicodemus could not comprehend the meaning of Jesus' words. He asked, how can these things be? Jesus answered, are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Nicodemus, the teacher of Israel, should have understood what it meant to be born again. I would tell you today, there's a lot of people sitting in Nicodemus' shape. They're learned. They may have a lot of knowledge about the Word of God, but they still don't understand how to be born again. So many times we look at this Bible through these carnal eyes, and we try to understand it, through carnality, humanity, and it's difficult. Amen. That, that's why I, when, when I read the Bible, I love to, to have a moment to say, God, let me get myself out of the way. I don't want to look at it like I look at it, but I want to know your truth. I can be skewed. You ever said a word one way and someone took it the, the wrong way? Amen. I can be skewed, but when I say, God, here I am, I want to know your truths. Lord, show me your word. Show me your way. I don't want to look at it through my humanity, even though that's all in some ways I have is these human eyes. But, Lord, let me look at it through your eyes. Let me understand what you would want me to say. 
or see and hear and understand. We also discover that Jesus' ministry, even before the imprisonment of John, included water baptism. John 3 and 22, and this is the New King, New, in, in, uh, New King, New King James Version. I, I want to read it this way. After these things, Jesus and the disciples came into the land of Judea, and there he remained with them and baptized. And baptized. Now John also was baptizing in Anon near Salem because there was much water there. Picked a good spot because there was a lot of water. And they came and were baptized, for John had not yet been thrown into prison. Then there arose a dispute between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purification. And they came to John and said unto him, Rabbi, he who was with you beyond the Jordan, to whom you have testified, behold, he is baptizing, and all are coming to him. They say, what, what is Jesus over doing? He's over there baptizing. They were asking, is that right? Is that okay? They were followers of John, and they were just trying to look to their leader and get clarification. Right. What's, what's going on here? When John's disciples informed him that Jesus was baptizing, it was because a dispute has arisen between them and the Jews about purification. John's disciples understood purification was linked to baptism. For John, John baptism for them for forgiveness or remission of sins. When they brought their question to John about the baptizing being done by Jesus, his disciples, they apparently wondered if those baptisms was a result of purification, as John's baptisms did. John's response was to assure his disciples that everything Jesus did had been given to him from heaven, thus legitimizing the baptism associated with Jesus' ministry. A long way to say, I'm good with it. He's the one that we're worshiping. He's the one that we're serving. And maybe y'all don't fully understand it, but if, if he's baptizing, we should be doing the same. It's amazing the questions that we have sometimes. If he was doing it, who am I to say that I shouldn't do it? Uh, and and as, we, as we look, and people want to argue again, as I say, they want to argue Scripture, and they're basically saying, I, I want to do it my way. I don't want to do it my way. I want to do it whatever the Lord says do. Amen. It's not what I want to do. If I, if I develop the plan of salvation, it may be something different. But it ain't me. It ain't up to me. It's up to me to follow. This demonstrates why Jesus could say to Nicodemus, Are you a teacher of Israel and do not know these things? What better description could we have of what it means to be born again to, than to think in terms of being cleansed from all our filthiness and idols, to be given a new heart and a new spirit? Right. When we go down in that watery grave... We're given a new heart and a new spirit. Amen. We talked about this over the course of the last several weeks, but we get to start again afresh. Amen. Amen. I needed a clean start. Oh, I needed a fresh go at it. Amen. Mark records, Jesus said, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel 
to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. This statement is clear enough. We must be baptized. We have to believe and be baptized. It's very, very plain. Not optional or up to, up to what I think. is. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. So all you got to do is play that in reverse. If I don't believe and I'm not baptized, fill in the blank there. Amen. I want to be saved. Amen. The choice is yours and mine. Will we obey the commands of Scripture and be baptized in water in Jesus' name? If so, you can be certain of remission of sins and the promise of the Holy Spirit. You will be born again and you will gain entrance into the kingdom of God. Do you remember the day, if you have been baptized, do you remember that day? Amen. As I was studying this lesson, I got to go back into my mind and I, I relive that day again. I was a, I was a young, young boy, 12 years old. But I still remember that day. Amen. And we went down, or I went down into that watery grave, sin-stained all over me. Even at the early age of 12, sin-stained, lost, knowing I needed something different. But after I come up out of that watery grave, I was clean. Oh, I was purified. I was justified. Uh, oh, he washed all of those sins away. Uh, never to be thought of again. Uh, never to be remembered again. Uh, amen. To get there, I had to be obedient. I had to, I had to want to learn. I had to have a teachable spirit. Uh, I had to want to be right. Amen. Amen. We have a bunch of good people in this world today. Amen. And we have stand in the gap to say, God, help my friend, help my family member, help them to be teachable, God. And help me to do the teaching. God, not only use me to be the good teacher, but God, help them to be teachable. Because just knowing the truth is good, that saves you. And we, and we have to be saved. But teaching the truth takes it to the next level. Amen. It's good to have the knowledge uh, and it's good to absorb it. And man, I want all I can get. But I don't want to just internalize it. Uh, I want to externalize it. I, I want to take it to someone that don't know today. And I want to teach them the truth that the Lord has showed me. Uh, I want to see more people go down into that watery grave. And come up changed people, clean and washed and purified. Hallelujah. We have a world today depending on you and I. Amen. And sometimes they don't want to hear it, and maybe they've asked you to be silent, but that's okay. Amen. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to keep trying to sow a seed. Amen. I'm going to do my part today. Somebody somewhere needs me. 
Praise the Lord. Uh, I get so uh, tickled at my children and convicted. I say it that way. I, I listen to them as they teach in Bible studies and at the sawmill. They're, they're telling me some of the things that they're learning. Boy, sometimes it's, it's an eye-opening experience for a father to say, Whoo, that's the real world. It's rough. But then they come back and say, you know what? Me and so-and-so had an hour-long discussion about the Bible at the sawmill. I'm like, well, praise the Lord. Keep sowing seed. Keep putting the seed in the ground. Amen. Uh, put some prayer with it. Uh, put some sacrifice with it. Uh, it won't return void. Uh, amen. I'm believing today. Amen. There's hungry people. They're hurting people today that need to know the essentials of salvation. What you and I know, they need to know today. We must be born again. Praise the Lord. Uh, hallelujah. Can we stand and love the Lord this morning? Mighty God, we give you praise. Uh, great is your faithfulness today. Wonderful, merciful, mighty God. Uh, we give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. Thank you for your mercy, God. Uh, thank you for your truth today. Uh, let us go and teach, God. Uh, oh, 